0: Enjoying the podcast about all things tv and movies if you're listening for the first time welcome make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on also take a few extra seconds great comment all greatly appreciated so i'm excited because i feel like i've been starting what i'm excited a lot more recently than i have like in the last few months but I am excited because we are discussing a um, network show or, yeah, network television show, which we haven't really done the past year, to be honest, just due to everything that's been going on and going on over the last year, and it particularly hit the television and movie industry pretty hard initially, and then filming started back up. Kind of felt like it got back on track, but if you've listened to any of the episodes that I've done, especially over the last like couple of months, then you know that I made the choice to, I've officially made the choice to not do my biannual um, season finale episode just because like the timeline for the shows, when the shows were on, when the shows were ending, was really, really off. The CW seemed to be the more the most impacted com- when I compare it to, like, any other network uh, channels, like ABC, NBC, all of that. They seemed to be a little bit more on track, even though they still kind of had, like, gaps between episodes. But the CW, my gosh, they, I don't, I don't know what was going on, but they seem to have been the most impacted. Um, the Flash just literally ended a couple of weeks ago, and we're now in August, so it's like that's out of the norm, out of the ordinary. The Flash is not a summer show. Um, the same with like Batwoman, which ended about a week before, a week or two before The Flash ended, and then um, Legends of Tomorrow also around the same. And then the thing the show that has become the bane of my existence if i'm to be completely honest riverdale which i literally cannot wait for it to come back just so i can talk about every single thing that has bothered me over this last season about that show but it riverdale came back for like what five or six episodes and then just went away and now they're coming back in like two weeks so it's been all over the place And this show we are discussing, All American, which you already know because you clicked on the title. I'm actually excited to talk about it. And All American is a little bit different um, from how I would normally talk about any of the other shows just because when I, so last year I actually finally caught up on All American in like one binge. So you can go back. I did it in a season finale roundup last year. I combined it, um, because I literally, we were at the beginning of everything that that happened over this last year. And so, you know, every, everyone, I said this in, um, (laughs) my Outer Banks episode, which literally just dropped right before this one. So if you watched Outer Banks, you listened to my season one discussion, like my season two discussion, discussion is even more of a treat and season two was still insane. So make sure you go listen to that. But, um, I said this in that, uh, episode as well. Like in the beginning, I feel like we were a little bit more optimistic because we weren't expecting to be still essentially almost in the same position as we were over a year and a half ago, um, at the beginning of this. So like at the time it was like, Oh, we're just all watching. We literally were all just watching Netflix and Hulu and catching up on things and all of that. And so I took that time to, to literally catch up with all american because you know i i do my fall preview episodes and all american was included in my fall preview um before they first premiered for season one but then i never watched it and i never talked about it so last year watched season one watched season two and i did like a combined um discussion that was like literally the last half of that roundup episode from last year because it was like a 45 minute discussion I probably should have separated it out but I didn't this year I mean due to how things shook out it's going to be separated out and that's why I feel like it's a little bit different um, because it is something that you know I binged to I binge two seasons together and now here we are for season three. this is also a show that I did not watch like during the season while the season was airing uh, again I waited until it hit Netflix and then I just binged it. And now here we are. I literally benched it in like te- like two days, two to three days, because I started, it dropped on like last Wednesday, I started it on Thursday. I think I got through like four episodes, and then Outer Banks dropped. You knew I was dropping everything to watch Outer Banks. So I took a day break to watch um, all of season two of Outer Banks, and then I finished All American Saturday. Um, got through pretty much everything is up two episodes and finished the final two episodes on Sunday. So here we are. We're about to get into this. You guys know I got some notes because if I binge it, I gotta have some notes. And I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. I'm going to try to not make this be over an hour long, like Outer Banks, because (laughs) I was like literally sitting here getting, preparing to, uh, record this. And I was like, okay, Eva, this cannot be an hour long discussion. This needs to be like 30 to 40 minutes. So we shall see. You guys know I don't like to promise anymore because once I get to going, I get to going. But before we dive all the way in, I have to do my warnings. <laughs> so <laughs> as you can see and clearly here, this is a solo hosted show. So I have to keep my own self accountable. So therefore I do tend to jump all over the place. So I may be talking about one thing, then I might jump and talk about something else. But I usually, for the most part, try to circle back. So um, that's just a warning. If that's not your style of a podcast, feel free to stop right here. Also, this is a podcast that is full of spoilers, like lots of spoilers. So if you did not watch All American, I would suggest you stop right here. I don't even know why you clicked on this if you didn't even watch it. But also, if you didn't watch seasons one and two, I will most likely spoil something from that. So there's the warning for that. But yeah, let's get into it. So All American, this season we started off, so I was a little bit concerned because I do have in, um, what is it called? Like I have YouTube TV. I used to have Xfinity, then I moved. And I was like, well, let's try out YouTube TV because Xfinity was getting on my nerves with all their pricing and all that stuff. And so I was like, okay, let's try something new. I heard mixed things, but mostly good things about YouTube TV. But the thing with YouTube TV, why you can like essentially DVR whatever it is that you wanna watch, If it's not available like on demand or whatever, you can't go back and get those episodes. So the problem was I essentially moved, I guess you can say, in the mid in the middle of All Americans third season. So when I was like, okay, add this show to my list, I want to record it. It starts recording from wherever you added um, the like show to your list from, which makes sense. Like if you do it through Xfinity, it's the same thing, but. Sometimes you can just be like, oh, I'll just go back and watch the episodes that already aired through On Demand, but it wasn't coming up. And so then I was like, okay, maybe I'll go and try to watch it through via CW's app. Wasn't coming up. So like the earliest back that I could go in order to watch it, watch the episodes for free without having to pay per episode, I think was like episode... 11 or something like that and so at that point I was just like we're just gonna wait until it goes on Netflix and we're just gonna binge it because that's how I did season seasons one and two so my concern was like oh my gosh I don't know if I'm gonna remember what happened at the end but I was like oh no I do remember because we ended when um essentially everyone kind of like split up and uh Olivia and Spencer were still at the house because, first, so you know, Olivia had her struggles with addiction, and um, they kind of had left her. She went through that whole thing. I talked about it. Go back and listen to that uh, listen to that episode if you want to hear all my thoughts on that whole storyline. But essentially, she thought she was being left alone. But then Spencer shows up. He's like, "Oh no, you're not being left alone." And then he goes to grab the orange juice or some some drink out of the refrigerator. And he was still recovering from being shot, and then he had like something happened with his arm. He lost. He wasn't. He was no longer able to hold the jug of juice, and it fell from his hand. And that's kind of how he ended things. So when we come back this season, we kind of like literally just jump right back into the swing of things. We know that Sprinter is back at Crenshaw, uh, and also we know that um, Spencer and also <laughs> Billy are at Crenshaw, both went back to Crenshaw because the school was up or the new interim principal, at the time he wasn't an interim principal, but he was essentially like, we need to turn Crenshaw into a charter school and Spencer and crew showed up at the announcement or whatever, and that's when Spencer was like, no, they have, Crenshaw just needs his resources. I am essentially the resource. And so therefore he transferred back to Crenshaw and then Billy also followed him to Crenshaw to be the uh, coach. Everyone else is still at Beverly and you know, no major changes on that end. So <laughs> so we kind of like jump back into the swing of things. Uh, there's this huge thing that's going on. You guys know I hate like recapping it because recapping these shows because it's like you guys watched it. I don't need to recap it for you. But sometimes I have to like mention where we are in the storyline because I'm about to like talk about something. But <laughs> essentially where we are is there's this huge secret about what happened over the summer that olivia and spencer are or not olivia no yeah olivia i'm looking at my notes i'm like olivia needed that read what does that mean um but (laughs) that olivia and spencer are holding so immediate immediately in my head i'm like they either hooked up as in kissed or they like did the do and they're hiding it from everyone but also kind of find out when Asher went on his trip he was messing around or not messing around but like he created this bond with this girl named Vanessa who of course ends up at their school and she's also the daughter of their new coach who happens to be who just so happens to be uh, the a female coach, which I thought was interesting, and I was like, "Oh yay, we get to see them have like a female coach. What does that look like for them?" It was just actually interesting in in hindsight, like thinking about how we started with um, Vanessa's mom or coach. I'm like, what is her last name? Montez. So Coach Montez at the beginning versus where we kind of ended with everything and how everything kind of shook out for Asher. I was like, there's a story there. And like in the midst of it, Coach Montez kind of feels like, in the beginning you're like, oh yay, a female coach, how's this gonna play out with the team? But uh, it's the CW, so of course the cast is so big, it's hard to kind of like focus on anyone else besides the teens, and especially if they're an adult. So we didn't really get that many moments with Coach Montez and we're kind of like, we kind of have to get familiar with her via her relationship with Asher. But I think there's some depth in kind of like her character from where we meet her in the beginning when she is first, like first interacts with the team all the way towards where we leave her. When we have like the final moment when Asher finds out he can no longer play football again, we're gonna get to that eventually but like there's some depth there but anyway so asher like created this bond in my head also i'm like okay asher must have slept with her or whatever but he didn't how do we want to do this we're not going to do episode by episode because like that's just insane um fyi there were 19 episodes this season seasons one and season two both have 16 episodes so we got three more episodes this season i don't think we need it the additional three episodes to be completely honest one of them i'm not going to count because it was like the backdoor pilot for the spinoff of all american homecoming which i completely forgot that that had been greenlit like i know i'd be telling y'all like oh i'm not really following all the like news and stuff on these tv shows and things like that but like i do still see the stuff that's going on so i knew that there was a spinoff all american homecoming had no clue what like what sport it was going to be around where it was going to be based so like as we're like building up and then once we because I saw because you know on Netflix you can see the titles of all the episodes and I like to look at the titles because then I can kind of be like oh get an idea of what the episode is going to be about and I was like home, what was it? All American Homecoming. I was like, why is that the title? That doesn't even make sense until the episode started. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the (laughs) backdoor pilot for this freaking spinoff show. So like that one made sense. So if we took out that episode, then essentially it's like two additional episodes, which we're going to get into like everything around, um, Jordan and Simone and, uh, all of that, because I, you guys already know if you've listened to a lot of what I've talked about, cause I mostly talk about teen shows. So like, if you listen to any of them that you already pretty much probably know what I'm going to say <laughs> once we get to like Jordan's storyline, but like, oh my gosh, oh, it's so frustrating. But anyway, I told you guys, we're going to jump all around but anyway, so there's a big secret around what happened over the summer. So come to find out, when we finally find out what happened over the summer, essentially Spencer realizes, both Spencer and um, Olivia realize, which we kind of knew because it was alluded in the be- very beginning in season one, that um, that Spencer and Olivia, like there was some interest between those two um, when they're first introduced to each other. So like, it's not surprising that we would essentially get to the point where they would explore those feelings and then eventually end up together. Not surprising to me, but in the midst of that, because, you know, it is a show and all the teens are always heavily intertwined with each other and share. And like, share part I don't even know how to describe it but like they all essentially at some point end up having the same partners because they're so tightly woven together and they even mention it (laughs) or Layla mentions it uh later on in the season to Olivia but it's true like everyone Layla dated Olivia dated and like vice versa which is not surprising this tends to usually happen because one they're in high school and there are only so many people you can date with. which was just why I'm always like, when you're that young, that's your time to like explore, figure out what you like, what you don't like, who you like, who you don't like. Like You shouldn't just tie yourself to one person. So you guys are, if that's not a sign of where we're gonna go when we get to Jordan, then I don't know what to tell you. But anyway, so this Coop was on tour. And so everyone had went to Vegas to see her show. This is where Spencer and uh, Olivia figure out, or like, is, or come to realization, like, oh no, I we I still have these feelings for this person. Spencer makes a new makes a move to like explore those feelings because he got the clarity um, that he needed. He kisses Olivia. She freaks out and she runs off. Layla shows up, and then like they end up hooking up and getting back together, which I was just like. I I thought Spencer would be like, oh, no, like, or at least be like, oh, I can't, or, oh, I don't feel like, or whatever. But no, he just, you know, I guess emotions, but, you know, whatever. He still decides to move forward with it. But all of this, to me, is secondary to the actual insane thing that happened in Vegas, which is that Jordan and Simone decided to get married. I don't know why this was the path that we decided to go on with Jordan and Simone. If you listen to my thoughts from season one and season two, season two more so is when we're introduced to Simone and then she pulls the gotcha card on Jordan and claims he got her pregnant when he didn't and it was somebody else's baby. And like, y'all already know how I felt about that one. So like, we get to season three and they talk about getting married. I'm like, what? You guys are freaking insane. So like in hindsight, when you look back on everything, the whole storyline for this marriage was not needed at all the only way that I can like see them being like oh we need the marriage storyline is to maybe somehow give Simone a little bit more story this season to for it to make sense because she t- she'll be like starring in the spinoff and for people to care about Simone enough to be like oh I guess I'll watch her in the spinoff show but even still if they did not get married I feel like they still could have still accomplished that without being like, oh, they need to get married. Because just making them get married, then you on uh, one, they they essentially they got married <laughs> illegally. But they got married, and then they have the whole thing where the when the parents find out because, you know, Jordan got injured by Simone's baby daddy <laughs> during their game. Like seriously injured uh, And He had already Previously had a hit So he was having like I don't even know what to call it You guys know I'm not a doctor But he was essentially like having moments Where he was like I guess getting Dizzy or like disoriented Or whatever and he wasn't communicating That out and he was still Like playing football And so when he got hit super hard by Simone's baby daddy, because I don't, I cannot remember what his name is. I definitely did not write it down. (laughs) Um, It essentially, like, made the situation worse to the point where he had to sit out the rest of the season. And so, and then, so he was in hospital, and, you know, freaking... Jordan's mom because you know she's his mother super concerned she has all her questions she's trying to figure out what's going on and for some reason that was irritating Simone and so therefore she made the whole an- announcement that they were married and that's when the shit hit the fan <laughs> and the parents got involved and we all know Simone's mama is a little much and so she was like no my daughter like Laura was like we're going to get this annulled But, uh, Simone's mama was like, uh, no, my daughter is not, that's too close to divorce. We're not doing that. We're going to throw them a wedding. And so they do the whole wedding thing. But like, this is after we have our backdoor pilot episode for all American homecoming when the gang, which the gang is essentially Spencer, Olivia, Jordan, and Simone go down to Atlanta to visit. I can't even remember what the school is called because they made the school up. It's not a real school, but it's an HBCU, which I thought was cool that All-America... like, again, I just knew there was going to be a spinoff. No clue where it's going to be based. No clue what the sport is going to be. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute about what the sport is going to be because I, I have some thoughts. You guys know I do. But... Uh, <laughs> or I should say sports um, in plural, but... Anyway, so they go down to Atlanta to this HBCU. It was actually, for some reason, giving me like FAMU vibes a little bit (laughs) when um, they got to the school. But like Simone's aunt is a professor there and Simone was just going there to like escape for her and Jordan to escape and like spend some time together without having like all this pressure around like this wedding and all of that. And not with the intention of wanting to go to school there. We all, as the viewers, are like, oh, by the end of this, she's going to be like, oh, I, I want to go to school here, which is like, duh, because it's the backdoor pilot that she's going to star in, so it makes sense. And we know Jordan wants to stay on the West Coast and all of that, but then following that episode, so of course she like goes there, she she um enjoys it. There's a whole moment where her and Olivia have to be in this fashion show, and they do a whole dance number, and then there's this... um. I did not write any of these Atlanta people's names down, so you guys are gonna have to bear with me. But there's this whole moment where um, this hotshot high school baseball player who's essentially gonna skip college and just go straight into the draft because like, the expectation is he's gonna get drafted, but he's there visiting because he's adopted. And his um birth parents went to the school and his friend goes to that school and he's in a fraternity and all this and this is all this is their homecoming, which is why they're all that why they are there. Yeah, it is their homecoming. Or is it their homecoming? Or is the episode just called homecoming? I don't know. But they're all no, it is their homecoming. <laughs> Which was also why I was like, why before I had the realization that this was the backdoor pilot like hit me, I was like, why is this called homecoming? Because the kids had just like both schools, Beverly and Crenshaw had just had their homecomings and their homecoming game. So I was like, why is this episode called homecoming? Before I was like, oh, shoot, this is the backdoor pilot for the spinoff show. But anyway, and so I thought the fashion show a little uh, performance, although it was random, but it's a CW like I expect for there to be random dance moments and random singing, which we got both <laughs> in, this, in this show. Like I expect that for things that like you would not expect it. Like I would expect it. now I expect it for Riverdale literally every season because like it's Riverdale, like everything else, like our superhero shows, all that. I'm like, Technically, it shouldn't happen, but we still get those moments. So I'm not surprised because of the CW show that we had a dance moment. And we had a singing moment because everyone on the, on the CW shows are usually multi-talented. They can sing, they can dance, all that. So we had a really great uh, dance moment while, for uh, Simone and Olivia to partition by Queen Beyoncé, which was like... <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, Be- Beyonce let them use that song? I don't know. They, You know, I don't know how much it costs to use that song, but I'm sure it wasn't cheap. <laughs> so uh, they used that song for that. And then we had like later in the season, a singing moment because, you know, Tay Diggs can sing. So of course, cause he did Broadway and all that stuff. Of course they had to have a moment for him to um, sing. Uh, but maybe we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> so of course by the end of it she's like oh I love this school and then like she had the whole moment with the girl who was like the tennis star there and she uh played like tennis or she like had her tennis match with her so like by the end of it she's like I want to go there and the next episode she tells Jordan like I want to go to this school and Jordan's like well we're married like I'm going to go wherever you go. And so then that's where the whole doubt about them being married sets in. Of course, we get all the way up to the actual wedding. And I was like, please do not let them get all the way up to the altar for Simone to be like, you know, FYI, I don't think we should be married right now. We should just stay like boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever. I was like, at least do it. I was like, I was hoping she would do it before the wedding day. But if you were going away to the wedding day, do it before the actual like walk down the aisle and all of that. So thankfully, Layla and um, Olivia were there to like be like, "Okay, girl, what's going on?" <laughs> and then um, she and Jordan had their talk and decided to get the annulment and just try long distance, which I was just like if this wasn't the most convoluted thing y'all already know how I feel about these kids just being in like relationships when they're all like you're the only one for me and I'm like you're freaking 16 17 18 years old like you have so much more life to live that you're just gonna bind yourself to this one person that you met when you were 16 17 18 years old and just be like oh f and screw all those other people that I'm gonna meet and like your early 20s like when you go to college, like. You should not be attached to anyone when you're in college like that should be the time where you're like able to be free and live life and explore and figure out who you are as an individual person and it's hard to do that when you're like connected or combined or conjoined to someone so for those who this is your first episode and you're like why is she going crazy about this that is why i'm going crazy about that and I don't know about you guys. I'm sure there are plenty. It could even be someone now who's listening to my voice who is married to their high school sweetheart. That is so sweet. I love that for you. I'm so happy for you that that is working and you guys are still together. But in my experience, and I'm just speaking in my experience and all the people that I know who were high school sweethearts who did get married, they are all now divorced. Cause like that, like and I can see if you're like, oh, that's my high school sweetheart. And then you guys like go live your life. And then for some reason you guys end up meeting back up again in like your mid to late twenties or even your early thirties. And you're like, oh, there's still something here. And then you get married and then I'm like, okay, you had that time to like explore and figure out who you are as a person versus being like, oh, we're graduating high school and we're going to stay together all through college and we're going to get married. And then like, 10 years down the line, you're like, oh, we have all these issues. I don't want to be married with you anymore. All that, whatever. I, again, these are all my thoughts and feelings. Everyone does not feel the same way that I feel about this, but my, I have very, very strong opinions (laughs) based on personal experience with people that I know, but also personal experience with myself. I did not get like married to my quote unquote high school sweetheart, but like I did date I did I was like attached to that person for a good chunk of my college years. And if there if there was one thing that I can go back and do, it would be to be unattached during those years because those years are very vital in you just being able like I think as far as, oh my gosh, this is just turning into like a relationship thing and I don't want it to, but I feel like as far as like the time to explore relationships and figure out who you are, like all that, that is your twenties, that is what you should be doing. And then like all that other stuff can come later because like your life does not end in your twenties. Like there's so much more life after your twenties and we'll leave it at that. So they didn't get married or they got married, then they got unknowled, and now they're just gonna be boyfriend and girlfriend. So you can see why I'm like, this whole marriage storyline, all it did was give me high blood pressure, and that was it. It did not aid to anything in the story. They could've gotten everything that they wanted to accomplish with that whole storyline, accomplished without them getting married. The only other thing that I could see the marriage doing is helping to enlighten Spencer and Olivia to their feelings for each other because they had the whole moment while they were exchanging vows in Vegas where they looked at each other and like, it was like, oh my gosh, like I actually really do love you type of a whole situation. But that's the only other thing, but I feel like they still, I I still feel like they could have gotten to that without the marriage. And we're just gonna leave it at that. I, FYI, I went into this expecting me to spend a long time on Jordan and Simone's wedding or marriage because it bothered me the entire season. I was just like, this is insane. That one, they literally got married. But two, the whole marriage just for, for no reason. <laughs> oh, gosh. I also was like, I'm, now I'm looking at my notes. I was When Jordan had hurt himself... Oh, so before we found out that they got married before we like had the whole Vegas episode, Simone had just had the baby and she gave the baby up for adoption. And so she was kind of like going through the feelings cuz like which is valid. Everything that Simone went through with in relation to her baby 1000% valid. That whole thing makes sense. So she gave the baby up for adoption, you know, like your first-time mother, you're and when you're giving I'm, a, I'm I've never birth to a child but I'm just going to assume that for someone in that position who's like your first time mother and you're giving up your child for adoption you're I'm sure there are moments where you're questioning if that was the right choice to do did you make the right decision would the baby be better off with you because you're the baby's biological mother like those are all valid things and feelings to be dealing with and so while she was dealing with those feelings she kind of was cutting Jordan off And, um, Spencer had to, or there was a moment where he was talking to Spencer and Spencer essentially was like, you need to focus on yourself, which I think I was, we're going to talk about Spencer because like, he's the main character. We should be talking about Spencer. I feel like he spent a lot of time talking about Jordan and Simone, but but, um, he was like, you need to focus on yourself because you're a senior. They're like, this is your senior year. You're 18 years old. I'm like, yes. And then we find out that they got married and I was like, what? what is going on? (sighs) But yeah, I'm also happy that Simone was able to like connect with the adoptive parents and like they made arrangements for Simone to be able to spend time with the baby. Because like in reality, I don't know how, Unless you, like, have an open adoption, which Simone didn't have. I believe she she wanted to do a closed adoption. Like, I don't know how easy or how realistic it is for adoptive parents to be willing to do that. Because the the whole adoption process is hard, as I can only imagine. So, I, I don't know. I think there were some real good nuggets of things that happened throughout this season that kind of, in a way feel like they were a little bit glossed over because of everything else that was happening this season. But the adoption story is one of them. But anyway, so we're going to get into Spencer. So we know Spencer, he's been having this pain. Come to find out, it's phantom pain. And it's all connected to him being shot. And he essentially blames it all on Coop, which makes sense. Coop, my feelings for Coop have been like a little bit mixed and in the middle. Like I love Coop and Spencer's friendship. You guys know I love friendship and, like, camaraderie and all of that. I love when all the kids get together. I don't care what show I'm watching. And there are a group of kids who are friends. I love the moments when they're all together because those are just, like, great, realistic-feeling moments. And those are kind of the things that, like, we watch the shows for or to see those moments, um, which is what I was a little bit worried about with Spencer going back to Crenshaw because we spent two seasons of him building relationships with these kids at... Um, Beverly and him like living in the Baker household and then you're like oh season three he's going to go back and live home but I think the the positives that came out of that is like we got to see how strong the relationships that he built over those first two seasons with the kids at Beverly were but it also allowed us time to be able to see more with um Spencer's mom and also with his brother Dylan because we didn't really do a lot of that or get to see a lot of that like we always we always like saw Grace because like that's his mom and we would see moments of Dylan but like I even wrote down um or did I write it down or was it just a thought there was a moment towards the beginning of the season where uh Dylan was like giving Spencer advice I was like oh my gosh we would not have had this moment in season one or season two because we when we did see Dylan it was kind of like only in relation to like their father or something like that or in season one in the beginning when Spencer was going to make the move to the Bakers and him kind of like Dylan with Spencer moving but like now we actually get to see him like living with Spencer so it opened up for those more of those moments and opportunity to see more of Spencer the principal um, D'Angelo, oh my gosh, he was so frustrated, especially in the beginning. Um, I was just like, (laughs) I don't know how they're going to, how Crenshaw is going to be able to do anything. Like he raised a GPA, which I mean, makes sense. Like if you're going to play sports, my thing is, and you guys know, I come from a sports family, um, which is why like, like I come from a sports family, like sports across the board, but like, if you had to narrow down, I would say my family is a, is a football family, which is why I think, like, literally everyone in my family watches All-American. <laughs> or I could say my immediate family. So, like, my mom, my dad, like, even my sister, like, we all watch All-American um, because we are, like, legitimately a football family. But we are a sports family, which is why I think a lot of the things that happen with this show – is relatable at least for me but I also was like in watching this season I was like when we had the moments where we were seeing the games I was just like I love seeing the games in this show and I feel like we didn't get to see enough of the games I feel like we got to see more of the games towards the second half of the season but I was just like I want to see more games and then I was sitting here thinking and I was like did we see more games in the first two seasons? And I'm like, no. I think the first season, and I think I called this out when I talked about this, about um when I talked about seasons one and two, I think we did see way more games in season one. But, like, I was like, I want to see more games because when we got to the game moments, I was just like, I don't know. It's just something about it. So, like, season four, can we get more games? But we're going to talk about season four um towards the end. So... We'll just wait to get there, but yeah. So because of this phantom pain, I know we're going backwards to Spencer. <laughs> because of this phantom pain, Spencer wants to see a therapist, which I thought the therapist was on point. A lot of the advice that he gave Spencer, I was just like, yes. Um, telling him like he need to focus on himself. He's He spins and we know Spencer, they call it out a lot, especially this season, where Spencer feels like he needs to be like the superhero and he needs to save everyone. He carries everyone else's burdens on himself and he needs to focus on himself and he needs to be there for himself, take care of himself. And so then we um see him kind of like giving Spencer giving that same advice to everyone else. He gives it to Jordan, um especially after Jordan's injury where he's like pretty much like I'm never going to play football anymore. So therefore like what is life <laughs> essentially? And he's like oh you need to go talk to my therapist which i was like i am still on the fence about if jordan actually went and talked to this therapist because we never saw it on screen but then jordan like gave him some line that i guess the therapist are always says and first was like okay yeah he went and saw the therapist but i was like i don't know this doesn't seem really genuine but it never came back up so there was that but uh yeah. So the principal was like insane. Oh my gosh. We, we went from Spencer to the back to the principal, but he was insane. But we kind of, I kind of figured, especially towards the beginning when we knew that he was interested in grace, that we were going to get to the point where he was going to like become, um, or see eye to eye with like Spencer and Billy and, um, actually like want the same things that they want, which we see that eventually is what happens and he decides to come on as being the principal full term and he was able to prove with his whole like academic lens of like raising GPAs and then Spencer's tutoring program and then Billy's financial literacy one-on-one, which I was like, thank you. When I saw that part of, when I saw that in um, one of the episodes, I was like, yes, they need to have this in school. I wish, I always say, I wish that they had more like classes and things like that in high school around financial literacy because like essentially like all this all this freaking school I was learning about the curse because like it just irritates me when I think about it and I'm someone who loves school and loves like going to school and doing all that whatever but like all this schooling and it doesn't really prepare you for real life. Like you go through all the schooling and you leave it and it's like, you're not really prepared for the real world. And something like financial literacy and things like that, I think would more prepare kids for the real world versus like home, what is it? Home, whatever, the cooking classes and all that, that you're really genuinely not going to use. Sewing classes, like why? Like all that stuff you don't need. So there are, I don't know, but- I was happy to see that. Um, JJ, I think I said last, when I talked about season one, season two, because, you know, we have our main characters and we have all these friends, but we also have, like, these secondary characters. So I would say JJ is probably a secondary character. I was, I'm surprised he's still, like, recurring and he's not, like, an actual, um, like, actually on the cast, like, permanent on the cast. But I felt like we saw more JJ this season and got to get more from JJ than him just being like this really funny, crazy type of character, even though he was still that. But like towards the end of the season, we got to see him be a little bit more assertive and be more vocal about what he wants and his and making sure that his friends are aware of his feelings. And I was like, okay, JJ, come on, JJ. Like, I liked seeing that. And so hopefully we'll see more of that Um, next season and like actually get into JJ's story because now we've had three seasons where we haven't really connected with JJ on a level that we've connected with everyone else. And when I say everyone else, I mean like Asher, um, Simone even, like Jordan, Olivia, Layla, Spencer, Coop. All of them to me are like the main, main characters like an Asher, a Simone, a J.J., uh, but even this Vanessa girl are like, who I would call like secondary level. And Asher, we've gotten, we've had really good like connectional or connectional, emotional connections with Asher through the screen. Um, Simone as well. So like, I think it's, we've had three seasons. It's time for us to like, dig into like who J.J. really is outside of this like, funny character who's just there that the kids kind of seem to like pile pile up on. So that's JJ. Uh, Olivia and Layla had their moments throughout this entire season because, you know, again, a a boy is getting between their friendship, but then also we're introduced to, not introduced, but we're reintroduced to Carrie, who is this girl that um, Layla met when she went a way to get help and Carrie just shows up on her doorstep immediately when Carrie showed up. And as we started to see more of Carrie, I was like, she's giving me single white female (laughs) like vibes. And I don't know how I feel about that. But by the time we get to the end of it, like she literally, that is literally who she is. She's like on another level. Um, so interested to see what happens with her and Layla when we come back in season four because we just her or Layla's father thinks that she is in danger I think she's in danger I'm sure all of us as viewers think she's in danger but when we leave off with them they're still in the car on their way to Tahoe so don't really know what's going to happen there but yeah uh what else what else so much happened. 19 episodes is a lot. <laughs> so much happened this season. I'm just going through um, and making sure. Oh, we gotta, okay, let's talk about Asher. I was supposed to call him Mike because I literally put a note in here. So if you listen to season one and season two, then you guys know that, or if you, well, if you listen to season one, season two, I mentioned that I watched Pretty Little Liars. And if you are like an OG, OG listener, you know that I when Pretty Little Liars was on the was on TV I will talk about it on the podcast and Cody Christian played Mike who was Aria's I cannot believe I still remember these these kids names or their character names who was Aria's uh, little brother and like he grew up or whatever but like to me because of because of how young he was When Pretty Little Liars started, and then like just following him as he's moved from Pretty Little Liars to All American, he was on Teen Whoop, like all that stuff, and like following him around. To me, he is still like Little Baby Mike (laughs) from (laughs) Pretty Little Liars. So, like all season one and season two, every time he was on screen, I'd be like, Oh, Little Baby Mike. And I forgot that I was even saying that. And then it just randomly came out of my mouth. I literally put it as a note for episode 13. Because like we started with, um, I was about to call him Mike again, we started with Asher, he was talking to his mom, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, little baby Mike, and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I just said that, and I used to say it all the time during season one, season two, but then I was like, wait a minute, why did it take me 13 episodes to say that, and that's because we rarely really spend a lot of time with Asher, yeah, we had the moment between him and Olivia, when um, she broke up with him and yeah we have this Vanessa girl which I haven't really talked about but I'm just gonna say Vanessa was a very irritating character for me I thought she was aggressive in a way that wasn't warranted if that makes sense like she just seemed to be sticking her nose which sounds so lame she just seemed to be sticking her nose into situations where she didn't really need to and especially when uh Asher like convinced his mom's fiance to let them or let him like host Grace's graduation party at the fiance's restaurant and so they're there and they're talking and like she just like inserts herself into the conversation and, like introduces herself or this was before the um, party they were somewhere else where she did that and then at the party she like is like oh now you get to formally introduce me And then Mike has that moment where he's like being rude and then he leaves and she's like, yeah, he's being rude or whatever. I don't know. It was just the way that she inserted herself in the situations or like when they were, um, I can't remember where they were at, but like you could see all the, uh, kids talking, they were talking about something and she's just sitting there and they kept flashing to her, like with this look on her face and her like starting to get defensive and like trying to like, be like the defender for Mike or whatever, and I was just like, This doesn't really make sense to me. And then the whole situation where like JJ was like, one to be was like trying to go out with her, and I mean, bless his heart as JJ, but um, but in the beginning, when Asher was still with Olivia, and then they had just broke up or whatever, and then he thought that she was asking him out on that date over the weekend and then like he had that moment with uh coach montez where she thought that he was she was like punishing him for not going out or not going out with vanessa and then and then she was like oh no that's not what i was talking about and then vanessa confronted him and was like oh i see you have a problem with misinterpreting or whatever i don't want to date you like that's not what i want to do right now i'm not looking at a date right now or something like that but then they had that moment later on like a few episodes later where um he goes after her and jj because jj um wants to like date her or whatever he goes after her and they're having the conversation outside the car and then they end up kissing or about to kiss and then asher stops it and she gets upset about it and i'm like but didn't you just say like two episodes ago that you didn't want to date uh didn't you say like two episodes ago that you didn't want to date him and so now you're having like a hissy fit which i hate to say hissy fit because it seems so like um what's the word I don't even know what the word is. Sexist. It seems so sexist to say hissy fit, but you're having a fit because he essentially is like, one, he doesn't want to hurt his friend's feelings because he knows his friend is like interested in you. But then you just told him like three or four or five episodes prior that you weren't ready, that you didn't want to date him. So like, I don't know. She's giving me mixed signals, so it made her a frustrating character to want to like like. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about Vanessa, um, and we'll leave it at that. I think there was more um, of an interesting story between Asher and Coach Montez versus Asher and Vanessa. But anyway, um, actually, let's talk about that. So I kind of mentioned it in the beginning where, like, where we meet Coach Montez in the beginning of the season versus where we leave off. Um, and we knew, like, she's while she was present for, like, all of the team, the football team, Like she had her moments with them individually, like Jordan, JJ, and all of them, but Asher the most, she seemed to be the most like, it seemed like harsh towards, but in hindsight, she was doing it like to like prepare him because she believed in him and she wanted to make sure like he got to where she thought that he could be, like being like, he's a really great football player. And so um, when we get to the end where Asher got injured, he got injured or something had happened so he had to go get x-rays and so they found out from the x-rays for his ribs and he wasn't his ribs weren't broken but they're getting ready to play in the playoff game against crenshaw and his father shows up and he's like you can never play football again because you have essentially like a heart murmur or heart condition and like oh my gosh i feel like. Every show has like that one character who's kind of like the one who pulls, who unexpectedly is like the heartstring puller. <laughs> so like for All-American to me, that unexpected person is Asher. Um, if I had to compare it to another show, I would say Outer Banks, it's JJ, which like how ironic that both Outer Banks and All-American have a character named JJ. But I think in Outer Banks, JJ would be that character where they where there are these characters, Who have like this hard exterior, at least to the world, but then you get to see him in these moments where they're super vulnerable and it really pulls on you as a viewer as you're watching it. And so you essentially see him like melt down and like really cry it out in the locker room because essentially everything that he's been working for hasn't, like, again, I come from his first round, at least, like, I get it. Um, Talk about the girl who cried when. Her team, my senior year, oh my gosh, my senior year, my senior class for both basketball and football. Like, we had really talented kids on our, in my senior class. I was a cheerleader. I did cheerleading for 10 years. (laughs) Um, But we essentially were in the playoffs. We made it in the playoffs for both football and basketball, but we were in the, at a playoff game, essentially we needed to win in order like to move on. And we were playing my ex high school, (laughs) the school that I went to for my freshman year. And I knew people on that team as well. And it was like a really passionate, like really, really good game. And it was really, really close, but we ended up losing. And like, just to see the emotion like, on, I'm going to call them my teammates, because, like, essentially they are my teammates, because, you know, I'm cheering for you guys. But on, like, my teammates, the basketball team, and, like, just to see, like, these kids who you see every day in the hallways, like, p- pulling jokes and cracking jokes and, like, acting like these tough guys, literally crying on the basketball court. And, like, you know... We were crying too, like, oh, you because this is like, super emotional. And, like, I don't know, sports is very, very, it's very, very emotional because you know, like, these kids work not even just their high school years. Some of them start at super young ages um, doing, like, these, these small town leagues and all these working their way up to, like, train to get to high school, to continue to train so that they can get these scholarships to go to college and potentially go and play, like, in the pro leagues and it's just like I don't know that was a very very emotional moment and so then for them to like shift the camera to see coach Montez like standing there listening to him and then for her to have her break her own breakdown moment was just like oh my gosh that was a good moment to season of all the shit show of everything that happened that was a good moment so I love those like random good moments where it's just like oh my gosh like yeah it was just, I'm like The arc for Coach Montez, even though we don't really get to know her that much, um, but just her relationship with Asher, how it started versus how it ended, is just like gold. And so um, there was that. Coop was being Coop this season. Coop has always been an interesting character because she makes decisions that are just like, very frustrating to watch and so I feel like when Spencer like realizes that the phantom pain that he's experiencing he blames what happened to him being shot on Coop because like he kept being like you need to let this go you need to leave this alone you don't need to do this and she didn't listen she just continued to do it and like as a viewer I'm like yeah that's right like why didn't you listen you're the one (laughs) you're literally blaming it on him but then we they have that moment they had a discussion where Coop Um, kind of turned it on Spencer was like yeah that may be the case but you made the choice to step in you made the choice to do this I was like being like you can blame both sides for it it shouldn't all be on her and even her being like when it initially happened you were like and you told me it wasn't my fault and then for you to turn around and be like it's my fault so like for them to have the whole moment where their friendship their almost lifelong friendship uh, literally exploded and they were like done, like coop was like done, Wipe my hands. And then for them to finally get back to like being friends and being family, cause at the end of the day, they are family. Like I was like, okay, I like it. But I think them having that break allowed, allowed space for us, for Spencer to more so focus on himself And focus on the literally having the weight of the world on him because he's dealing with trying to save his school and all that, Um, and get into the playoffs and make sure it doesn't shut down, all that. So, have them not be friends, kind of allow space, not be friends for that moment, allow space for them to, for Spencer to just focus on himself, but then also allow time for us to like see, although we've always seen Coop because she's always still been in Crenshaw um, in season one and season two. Because Spencer was all the way across, or what just say, across town or whatever, and <laughs> at Beverly, so we always kind of saw Coop doing her own thing. But like now, we got to see her doing her own her own thing, like in relation to her music and all of that, and like focusing all her all of her energy into that, and like making her dreams a reality. While we also have this whole storyline going on with Mo, and Preach, and Preach has a daughter, and then. I was surprised that Coop let her guard down, and was like, "Okay, I don't believe Mo's trying to do anything." But like, Coop is Coop, so of course, she probably always in the back of her head is like, "Oh no, I feel somebody's trying to like pull the wool over my head." So I was glad, cause that whole scene when um I can't remember what his name is, but when the kid is supposed to be putting like the drugs on the tour bus, and she's like having a conversation with him it was so obvious he was hiding something so i was glad to see that she actually was like oh he's hiding something and checked and was able to get the drugs off the bus before they got pulled over but then i'm like aren't you supposed to be going on tour but you what you do turn turn the tour bus back around and went back to confront mo so she goes to confront mo mo's about to shoot her of course preach because you know preach is always there he shoots mo at the same time that mo shoots uh, Coop, so many one-word names. <laughs> At the same time, that Mo shoots Coop, but like you're kind of like as you're watching this, you're like, oh, maybe like went off in the air or something like that, because we see Mo fall down, but then we hear um, Coop say like preaching, you're like, oh, damn, she done got shot, and like, oh gosh, is Coop gonna die? Like, I cannot even. So like that's the big cliffhanger for the end of the season is freaking Coop bleeding out in the middle of the street. We don't even know if she's still alive. Layla unknowingly is going to be kidnapped by Carrie, who is insane. I hate to call her insane, but like she clearly needs help. (laughs) So she's been kidnapped by her. Um, Crenshaw is... there. There's no need to worry about them being shut down, yeah, Asher has a heart condition and can no longer play football. We didn't see the championship game. So here we go. Let's get, let's get to the end of this. Let's wrap this up. Let me do a quick time check. Oh my gosh, guys, I told you we weren't going to do a whole hour, but like, here we are. Oh my gosh. If you're still listening, thank you. <laughs> I was like, we're going to do this in 30 to 40 minutes. But of course, no, it's been a whole hour. This is why I don't make promises. But anyway, so let's wrap this up. So, essentially, we have the championship game, which we literally leave on a cliffhanger. We don't even get to see them play, which I was like, oh, my gosh, we're really going to do this? Really, guys, we're just going to drag this whole year out? <laughs> but then I'm also like, so how is that, how's that going to, like, align with Simone going to All-American Homecoming if the school year is not over and Homecoming is supposed to premiere... I don't know if it's premiering in the fall or in the spring. Maybe it's in the spring. Then that would make sense. But, like, there's that. So we need to figure out who wins the championship game, either Crenshaw or Beverly. Um, We also know, so we know that's going to be a part of season four. We also know season four is going to be the, um, oh, my gosh. What is it called? All-American game. I was like, what is it called? Does called is the All American? So, Spencer made All American. Jordan made All American. So we know that they're they're going to essentially most likely show that next season. Um, probably going to deal with Asher and like him trying to figure out what this is his life, His future look like now that he can no longer play football. We got to figure out if Coop is still alive. We also need to figure out if Layla is going to be alive or is carrying on to attack her like those are all things that need to be answered uh so yeah those are the things that i'm expecting to be answered in season four so i'm expecting season four to be like the second half of their senior year and then they're going to graduate And then if that's the case, I'm hoping that All-American Homecoming aligns with the graduation and then that premieres after because then it would make sense for Simone to be on that show. It doesn't make sense for her to still be in high school and then Homecoming premiering at the same time. Um, I'm assuming once Simone gets to Homecoming, she's going to have a relationship with the baseball player (laughs) and that is going to end the relationship between her and Jordan, but I also am like, I'm sure we'll probably have moments where Jordan may pop up since they are going to try to do the long distance thing. We'll see for how long, but, um, I'm just going to assume we may see Jordan in homecoming In homecoming. I don't know why I was about to say homecoming, all American, it's all American homecoming. Uh, the one thing I did want to say, the thing I think that I really like the most about all American, and I talk about this in all the teen things that I watch is that. The one thing that bothers me is like the the parents either aren't really there, they aren't really visible, or the kids don't involve the parents. And a lot of that is because like they're trying to drive the storyline in another way. I think the thing that makes All-American seem more realistic is that all of the parents are very, very visible and are very, very much there and making, playing a role in how their kids are making decisions and what they're doing. And so and they're all present. And so I think that helps a lot with this type of storyline for it to feel more, a little more grounded and a little more realistic versus some of the other teen shows that we have, especially on the CW, Riverdale. <laughs> this is the second, like I told you guys, I just did Outer Banks. I also had a whisper moment in that as well, but you know, it is what it is. Really quickly, All-American Homecoming. So I think it's interesting that they are doing a spinoff, I would have, it would have never crossed my mind for there to be a spinoff, but I'm happy to see that there will be one, and it will be based at HBCU, and it'll be um, college age kids versus high school, because I feel like with college age kids, some of the things that happen can seem a little more realistic, because there's a little more freedom, because they are essentially legally adults, even though I have my thoughts on, like, yeah, they're adults, but, like, mentally, are they really adults? Because, like, there's literally just coming from high school. So there's still 18, 19 year old, even 20 year old kids who are expected to have adult responsibilities. But, you know, we can't change that. That's just life. (laughs) But the two sports that we are going to focus on, baseball and tennis, I think those are two very interesting sports to uh, focus on. And I don't know how I feel about it. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I don't think I've really watched, like I've seen movies around baseball. Like, again, I come from a sports family. My sister played softball, literally from when she was a toddler all the way through high school, she played softball. So um, I'm very familiar with the sport. When you talk about excitement between like baseball and football, it's completely different i feel like baseball doesn't at least for me it doesn't really get excited until like the last couple of innings where and if the game is close where it's like okay like and plus innings are it's the same for football like uh, um a quarter or a half can take like forever because it's is like <laughs> it can you could be like oh it's only we're all, we're in the fourth quarter it's like five minutes left that five minutes could stress for like 20 30 minutes um, but it's the same for baseball because innings like can feel long too. If like people keep getting on the bases and like baseball in general to me is just, just a long game because there are so many innings. Um, but it also just does not get, it doesn't get exciting for me until like we're down to like the last inning and the game's closed. And I'm like, okay, edge of my seat, let's go. So I'm a little wary about how we're going to make this feel exciting game wise for baseball. Cause like, I don't know, like I'm optimistic, but I don't know. Also tennis, I feel like tennis can feel a little more exciting than baseball, but then again, I don't know how much of the sport that they're going to focus on in this. I'm hoping it's going to be at least the same as we do in a normal All-American, on our like normal All-American show. Where it'll be a good mix Where we get to see them at the games And seeing them competing Because I think that's one of the pleasures About the show in general So I don't know We'll just have to see (laughs) But I'm optimistic and interested And I will tune in for this spinoff But yeah I'm going to leave it at that I want to know what you guys thought About this season of All-American What do you think is going to happen When we come back for season four What do you want to see in season four what do you want to see in the spinoff, All-American Homecoming? Let me know, and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms, at Currently Building on Instagram and at on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcast on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.